Welcome to the Bare Naked Health Podcast, where I interview health and wellness practitioners across the globe to see what sets them apart. You will find out why they not only teach and talk about health, but how they walk the walk as well. If you ever wanted to see what others are doing on a daily basis to get healthy and be able to implement in your life, then you're in the right place. Also, I'd like to invite you to go over to BarenakedHealthPodcast.com and take your free brain health quiz today to see where the health of your brain lies. And for taking the quiz, you will get a copy of my book for free, The Four Morning Secrets to Perfect Brain Health, shipped to your door. Hey guys, I'm your host, Nick Horowski, and welcome to the Bare Naked Health Podcast, episode number 41. In today's episode, I interview holistic lifestyle coach, Jator Pierre. Be sure to stick around to find out what Jator's values are and why they are so important to him, the value and power that words can contain, as well as his answer to a question posed by a previous guest for him, his friend, Andrew Johnston. Alrighty, guys. Here we have on the line today, Jator Pierre for the next episode of the Bare Naked Health Podcast, and I'm excited to have him on. Jator, first question I have, I ask for everybody is, tell us about your health journey in 10 sentences or less. Health journey in sentences or less. Mm. Well, uh, obese, overweight kid finds physical, emotional, mental and quote-unquote spiritual teachings and turns all of those aspects and realms around and in a new direction. I think that's less than 10 sentences. That's, that's definitely less than 10 sentences. Usually I, I say the 10 sentences and if it's if it's under about five minutes, it's usually pretty good. No, but uh, that was that was so succinct. Like, Okay, so where where is the turnaround? Uh, where has the turnaround brought to you to now? Like, where are you on your health journey, and what what are you continuing to grow with? Mm. Yeah, so where I feel like I'm at now, at least a part of me does, is uh, deep into the mental and emotional aspects of who I am as a human being. Um, my quote unquote childhood perceived traumas, if you want to call it traumas, uh, my perception as a child, um, parenting my parents, getting my needs met by manipulating myself to meet the desires of others, um, giving myself away, uh, and, and where I'm at now is really diving into all those aspects of self and reevaluating who I want to be as a human being outside of being compliant or defiant to my parents' values, but respecting them for the DNA that they have given me, the body that they have given me, if you want to look at it that way, and to learn how to individuate and become my own man with my own values and uh, to parent myself, uh, to mother myself, to father myself, to be my big brother, uh, and in the face of essentially moving out of my family's values as well as moving deeply out of social cultural values that I've been uh, instilled with. So really kind of 
diving deep into myself to find all of these ideas, aspects of self that were integrated and digested by a younger jator and to really search through those and, and figure out, do I still want those? And those are those ideas and values still serving me or do I want to change those and become who I think I want to become in this moment? I think that answers your question. <laughs> I, I, I'm curious to know, like, what even, what are some of those values that you hold? Uh, like, I, I know it's hard to say, like, if, if it's like three of them, if it's five of them, I mean, or if there are just certain ones where they, you put the highest priority on even uh, now. Yeah. So what are some of those values? Well, um, for instance, I think, I'll speak for myself and I'll also project onto many other human beings. I think we unknowingly own our parents' values and are loyal to our parents' values. And when I use the word loyal, for me, the word loyal comes with an aspect of fear behind it. So I'm loyal to my father's values out of fear. Uh, my dad was uh, bigger, stronger. Uh, he was the superhero in my life as a child. So I was loyal to him out of fear. And as I've grown and found uh, diving into myself and uh, becoming my own individuated man, um, it's being respectful to him but respect comes without fear for me it's respecting his values as a man and his how he acts in relationships with uh well with women how he acts in relationship with his sons and being okay with me doing it differently and not that he's okay with me doing it differently with me being okay with doing it differently and not being loyal to family values anymore, to respect my family's values for, that's your values and I respect them. Thank you. And I'm learning to create my own values that are uh, important to me. So I'll use one from uh, watching my experience and my perception of my father. Um, my dad tends to give himself away in relationships with women. So... He'll bend over backwards to meet any woman's needs as long as he's getting, quote-unquote, food, sex, and support. Um, that's a value of his. And I've had to look at that because that was something I was raised around. And that value no longer serves who I want to be today. I don't want to... Um, I'm looking to support myself I'm looking to parent myself, not look to someone else to meet my needs so that we have more of a codependent relationship. So I'm trying my best, which is a very interesting dance, to become much more interdependent, so inter into myself, uh, and less codependent in relationship. Um, so that would be a value that I grew up with, would be codependency in a relationship, and I would guess that. It's a value that a lot of us grow up with. For me, when you look at the word simply what people make the word love mean, it usually means you're attached to the same values I am, and you do what I want you to do, and I do what you want me to do. And when that doesn't happen, we fight and don't love each other. Uh, so I'm trying to look to the word love more as allowing and accepting myself first so that I can allow and accept others and not be so dependent on them to meet my needs for me to be happy 
or so dependent on them to not meet my needs so I can be unhappy. So learning that I'm responsible for my happiness, my sadness, my fear, my shame, my guilt, my anger, my projections, my words, my perceptions of reality, that it all comes back to me. And I make up the whole story. And that's really diving away from my family's values, which are, uh, again, quite codependent. And when I say this stuff, I'm, I want to be really clear that I don't mean this in a negative context or a positive context. Uh, maybe there's parts of me that see some of this, these aspects in negative or positive. Um, there's other parts of me that are growing that are looking at that as just they are. Not that they're negative but positive, they're just things that I will want to change or address or look at. And I use the word just there and just is a word that I'm trying to take out of my vocabulary. So uh, there's probably a deeper story there for me. Would you care to uh, share, like, what what is it with the word "just" that uh, almost has maybe like a negative connotation for you? Or I'm 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 not sure. Yeah. What that yeah. is for you, even. Yeah. Um, uh, one of the best ways I've found to meditate, uh, and for me, meditation simply means to become focused, is to look at the language and the words that I choose. So, there are three words in my language currently that I'm paying very close attention to. Uh, the word just is one. The word like is another. And the word actually is another. So those three words. And they're quite habitual in my languaging. So when I speak, I have to really slow down my speech rate and really pay attention to the words that I choose. Because if I don't, I will inevitably choose one of those habitual words, which means for me that I'm not being as present as I can be. So choosing my words helps me to be more meditative in every moment. So the word just, for me, the word just is a placeholder for a much deeper story. And I'll give you an example. Well, I just love you. Well, that's interesting. I wonder what the word there just is placeholding for. So maybe the word there is, I love you because da 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 da. The word just kind of holds that da 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 and doesn't give the deeper explanation. In my experience of myself and others, we tend to shortchange our expressions because. Uh, the world is moving at such a fast rate now. Information comes at us at, at such a fast rate. We have iPads, iPhones, um, Internet, etc. That, in my experience, most people don't have the patience to really slow down, listen, and hear someone. And that really accentuates and grows my coaching practice. I've noticed that. One of my best gifts, if I'll call it a gift, which a part of me feels a little weird about calling it a gift, is to be present and to slow down and hear the other person, not with my ears, but to hear them with my heart, to pay attention to what aren't they saying with their words? What is the energy between their words? 
how is their ego trying to deflect with the current story that they're telling me that's deflecting from a deeper story? Uh, what's their speech rate like? Does their speech rate change and or does their voice change? Does it get shaky? Does it become like a young boy or girl? Um, do they say a lot of sorry? Do they blame and use a lot of blaming words outwardly? Um, so I think I kind of went off on a tangent there, but... Yeah, but now I have, like I said, I have this list of questions in front of me. And I must have written down about 15 more at least like while, while you were going there. Uh, a couple that I definitely want to come back to. But one that I was actually curious about because this is something I'm really trying to work on communication with myself. Uh, well, with my, both with myself for myself, but also with myself with others, I guess I should say. Uh, where do you study listening? Like, is this something that you've... Uh, just is it out of practice? Is it out of your meditation where, you're, like you said, becoming focused and that's what you use as you're listening uh, mm. and even hearing with your heart? Or is this something that you've uh, taken the time to study maybe from others, from mentors, from books, courses, whatever it may be? Mm -hmm. Yeah, let me, um, let me dance with that one. So let's see. Um, I started a meditative practice when I was 25 years old, uh, doing Vipassana meditation, which is essentially going to a 10-day sit, which is completely silent. So no eye contact, no body language, um, no voice, no reading, no writing, nothing but meditation and sleep for 10 days. Uh, through that process, I really learned how to slow down I also really learned how to start to pay attention to voices and unconscious aspects of self that started to show up in that environment because when you're in that environment, you're essentially, I'll steal something from the matrix, you're essentially taking yourself out of this matrix of information. And by doing that, you don't have all of these distractions of life. You don't have Netflix, Amazon, relationships, kids work, food, your food's taken care of at Vipassana as well, bills, phone calls, nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing but you. And in that environment, I started to learn how to slow down and pay more attention to self. Um, and around the same time, maybe a year or two later, I was coming up through the Czech Institute and was thinking about who, uh, who embodied in the faculty that was someone that embodied what I wanted to become as a practitioner, and that was J.P. Sears. And the first time I talked to J.P., <laughs> I, went, I walked away from that conversation, and I was like, there's my like. I was thinking, holy shia. <laughs> this dude, this dude talks like Yoda, and I was kind of weirded out. And in that moment, I had a pause, and I thought, "Wow, JP talks at that rate." I think, and this is my projection onto him. We've had many dialogues and dancing about this since. Um, talks at that rate to do exactly what I said to start really paying attention to the words that we choose because we 
in my experience of most of us, we talk unconsciously. We just use these habitual words like should. You use the word should. Um, when we were, uh, you asked the question, and I've just started to pay attention to those things in myself. Wow, when do I use should? When do I use sorry? When do I use like, actually, just? And I think I started to really notice it in other people, which then I reflected back on myself to start paying attention. When do I use those same words? And my current understanding slash belief slash experience, which can change and will change most likely, is that the words that we choose have a tremendous amount of energy behind them. Uh, and that can be unconscious energy, that can be conscious energy. And for me, there's a lot of unconscious energy behind our words. And when we really start paying attention to the power that is in our words and how we talk to ourselves internally, we really start to get a very clear picture of ourselves by how we treat others externally. So an example of that would be uh, if I'm a very, if I get angry and yell and scream at you, and that's my way of expressing anger, and I'm not saying again negative or positive, that's in the eye of the beholder. Uh, but what I get to see is there's probably a good chance that that's how I speak to other aspects of myself internally. I yell and scream at them. Um, so by slowing down and making as best I can. Uh, every moment more meditative, it really just, there's my just, it really helps me dive deeper within myself and learn more about myself. What am I projecting onto others? How is that a story about who I am? What are the lessons that I've learned that I'm seeing in others? And uh, am I having compassion or empathy for that person in that moment? And or am I having some type of negative judgment, I think, Compassion and empathy would just be a quote-unquote social, cultural, or and spiritual uh, positive judgment, whether it is or not. Again, for me, is it's not up to me to decide. It's up to the person who's interpreting what I say decides. Uh, are you still there? Yep. Oh, you go. <laughs> um, We're good. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just when you've been put on hold there. I'd never seen that before. <laughs> <laughs> I had an incoming call and my phone's on silent, so that shouldn't happen. Hey, no worries. We'll, we're going to edit it out. It's another lesson and I don't have control. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe we won't edit it out, actually, and leave that <laughs> as, as a good understanding is almost the control, yeah, the, is kind of uh, out of our hands in certain cases. There's a, a saying that I really, uh, I really love, at least most parts of me love. There's probably parts of me that are really pissed off about it. And that say, the saying is, man and women plan and God laughs. So there we are. Wow. <laughs> you know, I, I, uh, I could see where you, you're coming from with the... Uh... Parts of you love that, parts of you hate that. Because, And just when you say that, I can see how that makes me feel, just thinking about it. Uh, I, 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 again, I have so many questions off of this. Like, I feel like I'm thinking, because I'm always a very fast talker. Uh, 
another thing that comes through my head is I should be paying you for this session like to, as your coaching services because I feel like I'm getting so much out of this just on myself. Uh, so thank you for that. But the one question I was going to ask you here, uh, trying to narrow this down a little bit, uh, collaborations with JP Sears. Mm. Now, mm-hmm. I've seen uh, both with uh, your Explore with Jator and um, uh, what's JP's called now? I'm drawing a complete thing. Inner Awakenings. Inner so Awakenings. Please. Thank you. Uh, I could. I was only thinking of Awaken with JP, and I couldn't remember like what his YouTube was, which one it was. But when you guys are working together, is this something that you've really thought a lot about? Because you, you talk about like the pausing, just reflecting on things, or is this something you'll just get an idea and kind of roll with it when you go on camera together to share with uh, share with the world? Mm. So the. Uh, not the ultra spiritual videos, so not kind of the parody videos, mm-hmm. um, the ones on um, coping with the handicap, the the truth about birthdays, uh, the energy behind the words, those type uh, videos that we do together. That is literally us throwing on a camera and playing in the sandbox together and just bouncing, <laughs> bouncing back and forth with each other. Um, it's uh, JP is um, my experience of JP is uh, he is an excellent playmate in that way, and that's our friend. That's what our friendship is based on. In my experience, is we speak a very similar language. We have a very similar uh, dogmatic expression and interpretation of the world. So we really have very similar values in that sense, um, and he is probably the only friend that I have that uh, I can be complete five-year-old with at times, which we love to do and play and can, for me, dive to uh, some of the deepest aspects of self together and mirror back to each other, reflect back with each other, ask each other questions. And really it's, it's playing. It's, it's really playing for us. And at least that's my projection. I don't know something similar. I could definitely see that uh, that it's a playing. I mean, I first met JP uh, when I took HLC1 with him. Uh, and then I had him on the show uh, a few months back. And I, I can see, um, like you said, you, I, I believe it's you've kind of, that's somebody who you had looked up to at the time and somebody that you could see yourself, correct me if I'm wrong, sorry if I'm misinterpreting this, but like growing up to be similar too and uh, liking to emulate some of the values that he holds. But it, it was, it really was just, it was fun talking to him. So I can appreciate that where there was always that back and forth and just being, being very playful. Mm. Now, if, if you're looking at that friendship, and I've been exploring friendship actually as well uh, in myself and with my friends, uh, but what is, what really is friendship to you? Mm. Wow. That's a deep question, man. What is friendship to me? Well, I'll take a stab. Um, so there's there's many aspects of what friendship represents to me. So that's kind of how I'll talk about it. Is what friendship represents to me is you know maybe giving a an, a metaphor or a story might work better. Um, Absolutely, please share. Yeah. Uh, so here's the story. Um, I have friends that I grew up with 
and they're still friends, and I consider them uh, brothers at this point. So not necessarily friends that I would currently choose to be in my life, um, and they are still part of my life, and I have uh, an attachment to them in that sense. And one of them shoots videos and is inventing things and and wants me to pr promote his stuff on, on my videos and on my page. And I had an, a conversation with this friend and I said, you know, hey brother, I totally get what you're into. I totally get what you're about, what's important to you. However, what you're about, what's important to you doesn't really vibe with what I'm about and what's important to me and what's important for me to express on my channel and or through my channels uh, of connection to others. And that friend got really pissed off at me and is still really pissed off at me for not supporting him, for being loyal to the friendship. Remember, we talked about fear and loyalty, right? Um, and not meeting his needs. That is not friendship. What he wanted to do, what he wanted me to do, that wouldn't be a sign of friendship for me. And now I'll go to the other extreme. JP and I are, I would say, best friends. And JP's channel is blown up. I think he has over 100,000 uh, subscribers somewhere around there. And I have a channel, and I think my channel has 260. And there's never been one moment that I've thought of asking JP to promote me, to put my videos up, um, to use him to promote myself out of using the guise of our friendship to get that done. And if that ever came up with JP or from JP to me, and he asked the question, Hey, Jator, let's say that it was the other way around and I had the 100,000 followers. Hey, Jator, can you put this up on your site and help me promote myself? If that wasn't in line with what I was trying to do, I could guarantee you that I could say to JP, yo, brother, it's cool that you're doing that. It's just not in vibe with, with what I'm trying to do. So, no, I'm not going to do that. And in my experience of our friendship, JP would say, cool, I totally understand. And he might even give voice to, and a part of me is a little triggered because I want you to be loyal to me in this friendship, and I want you to meet my needs. And then we could dance with that and talk about that stuff. That's friendship. That's connection. That's respect. That's um, that's friendship, man. That's and, and, and that's in any relationship. Can we honor our truth? And is it okay for us to be truthful with another person and not be afraid that they're going to run away from our, from us being truthful. How many of us omit our truth because we're afraid of the other person's interpretation of what that's going to mean? And oh shit, I'm going to lose you as a friend now. That's not friendship to me. So friendship to me is, is being as honest and authentic as you can with me and respecting me by being that honest with me and knowing that I can handle that and be like, cool, I totally get it, brother. No worries. And a part of me is pissed off and I want you to put me on my channel and I know that's mine to own. It's not yours. And I will deal with that on my own. Or we can dance with it together and get behind what's beneath that. You know, you mentioned that uh, JP was a mentor of mine and I would say JP still is a mentor of mine. And that 
at times, we talked about this inner child at times, you know, I've projected father onto JP, onto Paul Check, onto John McMullen. At different times in my life, I've projected my dad onto these men and have put them up on a pedestal so I could not feel like I was as much as they are. All the while forgetting that when I see in another human being, I cannot see unless that's a part of me. So my friendship with JP has changed. Do I still put him up on a pedestal? Yeah, there's still parts of me that do at times. Um, and I'm learning to watch that and be more mindful of that. And I'm learning to celebrate and honor and take care of my my inner self, my little my little boys that are running around afraid and not feeling like enough or, oh, God, JP's, JP's so cool and he can do this and blah, 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 blah. Wait a second. Who's that talking? What little boy in me feels that way? And what little boy needs my attention and needs me to inspire him and validate him and take care of him in a way that maybe he perceived he did not receive as a kid. Another really interesting example of that is um, when I'm around Paul at times, my inner child comes out and I feel like I can't even put a sentence together sometimes because I project so much dad onto him and so much pedestaling. I put him so high. There's a part of me that can't even put sentences together which I've had to really watch and really invite myself to take care of that part of self that when I'm in his presence now, I have experience, I have my practice, I know what I'm doing is working for me. And it's okay if what I'm doing is that's working for me, it's different than what he does. It's another way of learning to honor and care for myself. So I think that answered friendship in a sort of <laughs> roundabout way. It gives me something to think about about friendship, and and mm. I think that's what. Uh, uh, and I think well, I'm, my guess is that it gives others stuff to think about as well. Uh, but I, that's that's what it's about. I, I want to be able to share that so that again, we, we everybody should know that that again is your interpretation of friendship. Theirs mm-hmm. may or may not be different, uh, and that's fine. That's where it's. Uh, I appreciate it because it, it's going to allow me to explore. Um, my thoughts on friendship and my values within friendship uh, as well. And it got me thinking, like talking about JP again. Uh, and earlier, you had mentioned superhero. And mm. on when I interviewed JP, it was the first time superheroes came up, I believe, in any of my conversations with people. <laughs> so I'm curious to know who is your favorite superhero? And well, let me let me let me say that again. Who? What superhero would you like to be? And what super peer, super power would you like to have if that would be different than that superhero's power? Mm. So my answer in this moment, which would probably be the, the next time we talk as well, is uh, since I was two and a half years old, uh, I've been completely into the Incredible Hulk. Um, I'm walking around my room right now and... I've got a Hulk statue in my room, and <laughs> my, uh, <laughs> the light, you know, the light switch, the light switch cover um, yeah. that I have in my room is actually, is actually the Hulk light switch cover, which I got at my third birthday. Um, that is fantastic. I, I, yeah, I, I love, I still read comic books, um, I still watch cartoons, <laughs> and the Hulk. Yes, uh, I would take his powers. Uh, he's Bruce Banner. Shit. Uh, I think in the comic books, 
you know, one of the, the eighth smartest person on the planet, uh, next to Amadeus Cho, Cho, Cho I believe. Um, so exquisitely intellectual um, and knowledgeable and tons of experience. Uh, I think the experience aspect would be most important for me. And then the Incredible Hulk, uh, kind of the anti-hero. People don't know whether to consider him a hero or an out-of-control beast. Um, and for me, what, when I say power and strength uh, and determination and uh, willingness to face any adversary, as far as I know, I've never seen the Hulk back down from anyone. That is a representation of my inner self, not using that power outwardly to attack other people or save other people or do all that stuff. That is the power and the strength that I need and that I um, play with and invite myself to, to use to face any amount of guilt and or shame and or fear inside of me, not from a place of pushing it away and denying it, but from a place of, man, I need to be this strong and vulnerable to face myself, to dive into the depths of my unconscious self, to dive into places that I'm afraid to go, to express things to people that I'm super afraid to express, to express my biggest secrets openly and outwardly, because the more I hold on to those secrets, the more underlying issue is caused by them. So embracing myself and finding myself and using the, the intellect and experience of Bruce Banner and the strength and power of Colt to <laughs> really face the man in the mirror. So, Chitor, you, you had mentioned, I believe, like, uh, I, I, I wasn't sure. Did you say, like, Bruce Banner was the eighth smartest man in the world? Was that what it was considered? <laughs> yeah. Okay. In the comic book. Okay. Yeah. No, no, no. So going off that, like for yourself, what is something like that you would be in the top eight in the world at? What is something like your friends maybe or your family see you as being just absolute world class at? Mm -hmm. uh, two things I think would come up is uh, desire to connect and listen, to really hear the other person and to honor that process. Uh, and I think that would also bleed into uh, patience. I'm extremely patient um, and extremely patient with myself first. And that shows up in my interactions, at least in my experience of myself. Um, I don't know what others might say about me. Um, I would imagine that would be two things that would come up as a commonality around most people that know me or most people that know their experience of themselves around me. That's, that's something that would uh, certainly be amazing, uh, I, I feel like, to be world-class at. Uh, I, I think that is absolutely fantastic. Uh, and I think aspiring to be world-class at really anything is, is an awesome thing. Um, but to, to have that recognition of yourself, know what your true strengths are, uh, is a rare quality, but it, it does sound like you embrace that, which I can appreciate. And I think that it is something that many people should really look into themselves to really focus on their strengths and know what they are and really 
be able to express that with the world. What's interesting about a couple of the questions that you asked that I think is feels necessary for me to share. Please do. Um, is that when you've asked about the superhero and, and the gifts, I wanted to give voice to that, that, that there's a part of me that feels really scared to share that. And there's a, a voice that comes up right away. Oh, people are going to think you're so cocky and blah, 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 blah. And then there's this other voice that says, wait a second, learning how to embrace my gifts is, is something that is beautiful uh, and that we each, every single person on this planet has gifts to share with the world. And I think we're, I think each of us in, interpret this in different ways, but I think there's a lot of um, shame around having gifts and what other people might think about us about having gifts. So let's keep those gifts really small in a box and not, and not expose them too often. Um, that's one thing that came up. And the other thing that came up is one of my greatest gifts may not be perceived as a gift uh, to the world. Uh, for me, I perceive one of my greatest weaknesses as my greatest gift. And when I say weaknesses, I think a part of me per, uh, experiences in that way, and maybe others have experienced that way or say that that's something weak or something I grew up with from being uh, and growing up in this society. Is I think one of my greatest gifts is vulnerability, to be honest with being scared, with being nervous. Uh, when I teach for the Czech Institute, one of the first things I always say when we're, I do like to do this circle where we're introducing ourselves through our light and our shadow sides and our perceived negative and positive attributes. And one of the things I always really love to share about who I am as a quote-unquote teacher, which I don't really think I'm a teacher, more of a, a sharer, um, is that there's a part of me that is freaked the hell out standing in front of people talking. And that has been one of my greatest gifts, is to express that softness, to express that there is, um, you know, there's a kid in here that has pl that played hockey his whole life and played college hockey and can get down with the best of them. And there's a very soft, open, emotionally expressive heartfelt person who cries, person who feels, person who gets scared, person who puts people up on pedestal, person who puts people below him, person who judges, person who is arrogant, person who is scared and, and, and fearful. And, and th those are all aspects of me and that's all okay. And it's all aspects of me that I'm learning to accept and embrace and, and find and, and that I don't have to be this alpha male that's telling everybody what to do and what's right and wrong because I, I, I just don't see it that way, man. Uh, I'm tr trying to become a very balanced, me, my perspective, a very balanced man to balance my yang and balance my yin and to express my yin side as often as possible and share that side because it's very scary to do so. Well, uh, thank you for sharing. Uh whether you're scared about it um, or, or not, I I feel that you do a great a great job of expressing so really without fear. Uh, at least is how I'm perceiving the way that you're you're uh, you're 
you're speaking about this, so thank you for sharing. Uh, so one of the questions that I, I, I always ask people, because I'm very curious to hear, uh, is what is your vision for a healthy future? What do you think health, uh, however you define that, will look like in 10 years, in 100 years from now even? Well, here's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal from my boy JP. And he'd probably say he doesn't own this, so I guess I'm not stealing from anybody. Um, healthy future would look like uh, JP's 10 considerations for awakened living. So uh, practicing self-acceptance, uh, not believing everything that you think, embracing your vulnerability, uh, looking for the story underneath your story and underneath that story and underneath that story and underneath that story, uh, practicing compassion for self, proactively forgiving yourself, letting go of control more often, trying your best to communicate authentically, which is very, very hard to do if you're not in touch with all aspects of self, which is an interesting paradox. The last two um, for me would be the platinum nuggets in there. And that would be my perception of the world would change instantaneously if more people were willing to own their projections, if they were willing to own the stories that they make up and project onto others. If people were willing to take a moment and say, is that true? Or is that just my subjective reality and my interpretation of what's going on here? And am I projecting this story through my value set and am I not understanding this person because I'm not willing to understand, one, parts of myself, and two, I'm not willing to even see that my story is not the truth, that my story is just one truth of many. Uh, and the last one would be another platinum nugget, and that would be to always stay curious about everything, everything, yourself, your relationships, your food, your sleep, your water, your thoughts, your ideas, to always be curious and always be open to change and to change of thought and to inviting a lot more of the childlike way of moving through life. Kids are very imaginative, curious, and open. That is kind of the light side of, of children. Can we all be more like that rather than, for me, what might be the shadowy shadow side of children, angry, defended, and, and proving. So that would be health for me. I, I, I'm going to have to look uh, more into those 10 considerations uh, from JP. That, that was, again, just things sparking so many things for me. So thank you. Uh, one thing, though, that I, I, I do want to ask, I, I almost forgot to ask you this. So <laughs> I, one of the last questions I ask everybody, and I'm going to ask you a minute, is, who would you want to hear on this podcast and what would you want to ask them or hear them talk about? And I had, uh, again, a few months ago, I had on Andrew Johnston and he, yeah. actually, he actually said you. And <laughs> if, if I remember what he was asking correctly was since you guys took, uh, I believe it was Trek, practi Trek level practitioner four together. Um, he said, how have you, really started to uh, take those teachings and implement it with like yourself, with your clients. Uh, what, did, what, did, what did you really take away from that? And what are you doing with it now in your own life? Mm. 
yay, Andrew, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew's a, my experience of Andrew, very, very cool cat. I, I enjoy my experience of him quite a bit. Um, yes. So what would I take away? Um, well, uh, that class, Whew. Um, <laughs> it might be a little too much to sum into uh, a few <laughs> sentences there, I guess. Too. I, I think. I think. I think. I'll give it a stab. Um, what I left that class with is is really not just the theory and the words of addressing oneself physically, emotionally, mentally, and quote unquote spiritually. I'm going to say quote unquote spiritually is. Um, I'm still dancing with what that word means to me. Um, so that class sums up what I what I like to refer to as the soil of self. And I can pretty much sum that class up in that, which means your mental and emotional slash spiritual consciousness of who you are, your experiences from the time of well, what is that called? Gestation? Um, the experience from that moment, and if you're a, a believer in past or parallel lives, maybe before that moment, the experiences of all of that accumulating into who you are this moment today, all of that is your mental and emotional and spiritual lenses that you see life through. That is the soil of which your organs and glands grow out of. And out of your organs and glands and out of the soil of self, the mental and emotional and spiritual soil of self, grows your musculoskeletal system. So for me, the body is simply and very complexly an expression of our mental and emotional and spiritual consciousness that shows up in our body and into our musculoskeletal function. And for me, I'm a little biased. I'm very into the mental and emotional realm. I'd go as far as to say even the accidents that you're in, the injuries that you have, the falls that you take, even the things that seem completely random and don't seem like they're from the mental and emotional realm. For me, what I took from that class is that everything necessary, everything has a purpose, and everything is guiding you to learning and diving deeper within yourself to see where you have unhealed trauma, experience, perception, etc., to go back and learn how to parent yourself through fathering yourself, through mothering yourself, and through being the parent that many of us perceived we didn't have and or didn't have. How I use that in my practice? Well, uh, I get quite complex people showing up, and I am no wizard, biomechanical wizard, by, by any means. That's not my forte. Yes, I can play in that area, uh, but it's not my wizardry. Yeah. And when I get a new client, they have this tremendous amount of physical issue, and I'm looking through their paperwork. I always start with the soil of self. I always start with their mental and emotional and organ and glandular system. And sometimes within 30 days, chronic issues have been around for years and years and years. And 
that many other people tried to address just simply from the physical wasn't addressed. And I'm not saying that it always happens that way or that's the only way to do it. Uh, because obviously there's other successful people in the world, so other things do work. Um, I've just found tremendous amount of success addressing myself from the sort of self-perspective as well as anybody that shows up at my door. So that's how I use it. So now throwing this question back at you now, uh, after we got Andrew's question answered here, which... Uh, I'm I'm glad that that he uh, he he said uh, suggested you and and asked that because that was just amazing there uh, on the soil of self. So who is it that you would want to hear on this podcast, and what is it that you would want to ask them or hear them talk about? Hmm. Uh, I would really love to hear a guy named John McMullen and the question. Or again, it doesn't have to be a specific question. It could even just be uh, a topic or something that they could that he could expand upon. Yes, um, parenting others in relationship, any relationship. <laughs> I would love to hear that. I, I will have to uh, see if I can reach out to John and uh, see if we could get an answer to that question. Now, before we go, uh, Jator, last question I ask everybody. What is the one non-negotiable health habit you have that you never compromise on? But before you answer, everybody, go check out the show notes over at Bare Naked Health Podcast. You can find Jator's answer there along with all the links, everything that we've talked about on this show. And Jator, where can our listeners find more about you? Uh, What am I going to be sending them to over on these links here? Yeah, let's see. Uh, Explore with Jator is my YouTube channel. We, W-E-H-L-C, is my website. And San Francisco, California is where I live. <laughs> Those are all, I'm not a big social media guy. I think I have a, I have a Facebook business page, which is just Jator Pierre. Uh, but I only post things there. I don't, I don't, I just post classes and little tidbits that I find and cool things that are cool for me. I'm not a very big social media guy. That's it. No. And and that's great. So uh, again, Jator, thank you so much. Everybody make sure, go ahead over, check out website, check out explore with Jator. Great videos over there and go ahead over to barenakedhealthpodcast.com to see what Jator's answer is going to be. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to go check on your brain health by going over to barenakedhealthpodcast.com and taking the free brain quiz. By doing so, you can get a free copy of my book, The Four Morning Secrets to Perfect Brain Health, shipped to your door. Also, please head over to iTunes to give the Bare Naked Health Podcast a positive comment and a five-star rating. This really goes a long way in getting the word out and helping to share the podcast with others.